Episode 24 of The Paul George Show welcomes Greg Boudreaux. It's amazing to see how many views a video on YouTube gets, you know. People watching music videos or, or this or that. Like, it would just be really neat if we could, really powerful, if we could harness sort of the power of visual media for the sake of the gospel. The Paul George Show! Welcome to the Paul George Show. This week, Paul welcomes musician Greg Boudreaux from The Vigil Project. He discusses best and worst lengths, the passing of Norma McCorvey, and Paul pleads his case to outlaw pineapple pizza. And now, from Christ Our King Studios in Lafayette, Louisiana, the exuberant Paul George. Welcome to the Paul George Show. Great to be with you today. Got a great show. I'm excited about it, excited about our guest today, and excited to have Adam Conk in the studio. And I'm just excited. You are. This is an exciting day. You're in a weird mood today, man. Oh, yeah. I mean, every mood I am in is weird. Well, that... That's true. That's true. Have you ever slept and got like a crick in your neck? You know, absolutely. Okay. Especially when like a two-year-old sleeping in the bed with me, right? Like hops in the middle of the me night, kicking in the face all night. Yeah. Yep. Well, I got this new thing, like a slept wrong, I guess. Apparently, and it's a crick in my back. Mm. I've never had that before. I've is, had is tons this of an time. age thing, or is uh, it? Let's know. just say it's it's an experience. A new life experience for you, Paul. I'm okay. not going to say you're getting older, but you're experiencing more things about life, which is good. Yeah, well, it hurts like heck, <laughs> and I don't think enough Advil can solve this issue. Did you take Advil? Yeah. Maybe oh. you can walk on my back. Not on air. Not on air, because that would be dangerous. Yeah, well... The sounds yeah, that might come out. I do. I need like a truck to like roll over me. I can handle a lot. I'm a big guy, but... You are. Uh, I'll give it a shot. Anyway, uh, so I've been thinking about getting into politics, man. I know this is like a complete right turn for me. A right turn or a left turn? Or both. Which which, which politics are you getting in, uh, yeah, right or left? That's a good point. <laughs> um, but the president of Iceland inspired me to get into politics. Of course. Yeah. So, How did this happen? <laughs> well, I was reading. Uh, I don't know if you knew this. Um, that you read? But I did know that. The president of Iceland... Which would probably be a cool place to be president because there's not a lot of people. Sounds like you're you're in a novel. If you're the president of Iceland, right? Sounds like a novel. So anyway, uh, so he inspired me to get involved in politics because apparently he can make decisions like this, which is what I love. He he banned pineapple pizza from what from Iceland. Why? Yeah, because it's got pineapple in it, and this is my point. Who puts pineapple on pizza? Very smart and creative people, Paul. So you're, you're talking to a very pro-pineapple pizza man right Okay, here. so we're split down the middle. I would say you're on the left and I'm on the right on this. Uh, okay, so you, you're you pro-pineapple on pizza? Absolutely. So if you lived in Iceland, you would, I would be, move. You would have to move. <laughs> or I would start an underground pizza movement. Like in China where they have the underground church? Right. This would be the underground pineapple on pizza movement. And we already have a flag. It's just a pizza would, with pineapple on it. I would send the pineapple police after you. What? Okay, so you've tried it? Yeah. So, yeah, when I lived in Arizona, one of the big things there was this, this great pizza place, but one of their famous pizzas had pineapple on it. I'd never heard of that in my life. I grew really? up in a small town. It was pepperoni and sausage. That was it, okay? And people love this thing, but yes. I just cannot get into pineapple. And you tried it. 
on pizza. It's a fruit on pizza. Well, yeah. So is tomatoes, by the way. They're fruits. Yeah, but really? <laughs> yeah, really, they yeah. are. Look it up. Well, technically, <laughs> but <book>. really. <laughs> technically, but really. All right, I understand. Okay, I'm not saying I don't understand your position. Right. I just disagree with it. Because, Paul, all right, we're Catholics, right? Right. We're supposed to embrace all that is true, good, and beautiful. And this isn't. Right. And reject what is gross and ugly. But this is how you have a, a good political conversation in disagreeing, but you know, we're charitable, loving, we can disagree. Yeah. And but and here's where I have the advantage on. in this. How? Is that I enjoy pepperoni and sausage pizza. I do. So I get to experience that. Right. But I also enjoy pineapple, ham, whatever pizza. Okay, so, so if, I experience you, that. if you... You are closed. Well, okay, let me sir. ask you a question, though. If, if you could, as a president, mm-hmm. outlaw a topping on pizza, what would you outlaw? <sighs> See, that's a hard... I, I'm kind of a pizza libertarian. I'm like, it, it's, it all goes. Like, whatever you want. Are you like a pizza hipster? <laughs> oh, totally. Because you're not hipster. I'm like the Bernie Sanders of, of pizza. <laughs> it's all good. Anchovies? I mean, I wouldn't do it, but I want I want you to be able to experience it if that's if that's your thing, dude. Anchovies. <laughs> I mean, I would outlaw anchovies before. I, I hear they add a nice salty pineapple, distinguished flavor, and and really smart people like anchovies for some reason. I don't yeah. know if it's just because they're, you know, they want to be like uppity. I don't know. All right. Well, here's another thing about politics. Um, of course, we all know the whole decision of Roe Ro v. Wade, mm-hmm. right? And sort of the, you know, what happened in the 70s with, with that the su- Supreme Court law uh, legalizing abortion. Uh, so recently, uh, the woman behind Roe v. Wade, Norma McCarvey, uh, a.k.a. Jane Roe, uh, was her sort of made-up name in, in the Supreme Court case, passed away. She was 69 years old. And the reason I bring that up is because, I don't know if you know this or many people know this, but she actually had a conversion to the Catholic faith after the whole Roe v. Wade thing went down. Yeah, it's a credible story, and I hope people... One one of the issues, I think, with public discourse today is that we're disconnected from history so much. Whether it's we're defending Planned Parenthood, but we don't understand who founded Planned Parenthood and what their ideas were. And this is a great example. Look, if we look into the abortion narrative, we see that a lot of people really regretted what happened. Right. In particular, Jane Roe herself. Yeah, she regretted everything. But here's what's even more interesting as you read and uncover the history and her story is that she actually never had the abortion. Mm -hmm. Uh, So she went full term and, and gave birth to the baby and gave it up for adoption. And yet the whole backstory, they use this as a dramatic event um, and use her as the platform and name uh, to launch this into su- Supreme Court uh, to to legalize abortion. And she often expressed in interviews that she, she felt used, yeah. you know, by the legal system. And then, you know, was never even had the abortion. And, of course, had this conversion into the faith first, you know, real, you know, move into Christianity and then discovered the Catholic faith and the beauty of the Catholic faith through the love of a priest and people who really reached out to her. So even in her sin and darkness, there were people there who loved her. And, you know, oftentimes we march and, 
you know, we, we, we're against obviously abortion and we do all these things, but the best way that we can fight this thing is to love people into Christ. Yeah. And, and I know a guy, uh, in my church parish who, when he was younger, you know, he got, he got his girlfriend pregnant and he really didn't have much to say about the matter, but he wasn't right. totally against her having an abortion. Right. And then he, he became Catholic and he became, uh, into his faith. And for him, the best thing he can do is try to reach out to men that are in the same situation that yep. he was in. And he does this consciously. Like he looks for, for men hmm. that are in a crisis pregnancy situation. Right. And not to solve every problem, but but like you said, just to, to be present in a loving way, in a way that could make Christ present to a situation. Yeah. You know, I was speaking to a group recently of young men about chastity and pro-life movement. And there was a girl in the crowd who was one of the leaders. She says, well, you know, we hear a lot with guys that women will say, you know, no uterus, no voice. Mm-hmm. You know, guys don't have a voice in this whole thing. And she's like, well, what do you think about that? And I said, well, that's ridiculous, honestly. Um, we, we all have a voice to to defend and fight for people who can't fight for themselves. And more so as Christians, that is the, the whole idea is to love people who or who who aren't loved by the rest of society, whether it's the elderly, the homeless, the refugee, uh, the 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 young, you know, the the baby in the womb. Mm. Our mission as Christians is to lead the the fight for those people. Yeah, and as a man, as I get older, you know, when I was younger, I was very focused on myself, my family, you know, whatever, my wife, my girls. Now I'm thinking bigger picture right. you know, about all the women out there. And so this idea that I can't I can't be a part of the conversation, the, the people I'm trying to help protect are the women. It's right. the babies, but it's all these women with right. the, the negative effects of having abortions. Like, I want to protect. And like you said, they're, they're men. They're, they're their babies as well who, mm-hmm. who get aborted, and, and they they feel trapped, and they, they're wounded from, from the whole experience. And I bring this all up because as we begin to approach Lent or we're in Lent, is oftentimes we give up things and we do things and we fast and and you know we repent and pay alms and all these things that we we need to be doing but often think as we we approach like what is what is a way that we can take action into the world and make a difference and so i i know as men and women especially as come adults it, you know we need to be able to put a foot forward and ask jesus how can we make a difference in the world Right. Yeah, and a lot of times it's it's out of our own experience, our own past mistakes that God can use to actually bring about a great good. Yeah, absolutely. And so, maybe your prayer this Lent, my prayer, and the prayer of the people is not only what we can give up, what we can fast from, and that's important to carve out space in our heart for God. But through the course of of the sort of this forty day journey in Lent, ask God how can He move you into mission as as you get to Easter and uh, through Lent. So it's the Paul George Show. We'll be right back with a great guest.
Welcome back to the show. Great to be with you. Excited about our guest today, Greg Boudreau, all the way from Covington, Louisiana. Greg, how you doing today, man? Hey, good good afternoon, good morning. Uh, good to be here. <laughs> Whatever it is. Uh, let me guess, <laughs> you're, you're, uh, it's early morning and you're sitting at your kitchen table, coffee table, and you got very little sleep because you and Lizzie, your wife, have a little baby, your first baby. You know, that's a, it's a good guess, uh, and it's close, <laughs> but the difference is that I actually did sleep, which is seemingly miraculous at this point. So we, we did just have a, a new, uh, new baby. Her name's Molly. She was born in November. Um, and yes, she did the no sleep thing for about a month and a half, but, uh, but man, the last month and a half has been like this whole new experience of sleep for me. Like, cause, cause every hour obviously counts a lot more than it used to. Yep. But, uh, but, but no, secondly, she's actually sleeping. Like she sleeps a good, like seven hours, eight hours without, uh, without waking up. So we're, uh, we're counting our, our blessings and keeping our fingers crossed that that continue. Yeah, I never thought I would put so much value on sleep until I had kids and then I realized <laughs> sleep is probably more important than money or food or a car. Oh no, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. I will I'll, I'll take the sleep any day. I mean, if, if you put them up against each other. We were actually we were out on the road doing some concerts in um in December and and Molly was with us. It was the first time we were we were traveling, and so we were doing like you know we would do a concert, and we'd have an early morning flight to get to the next place for four days in a row. Man, by the fourth night, like I literally felt like I was in like I, I mean I felt like I was in prison or something, being tortured. Like it was just like I'm gonna die. I'm gonna die from no sleep. That's that's how I'm gonna go. And it was, yeah, it's pretty uh, scary. <laughs> well, that's exciting, man. So y'all have a three month old. It's your first baby. Uh, you and Lizzie do music together, which we'll we'll dive in into that. But um, kind of off track with your music, what would be one piece of advice that you would give new dads out there that you've experienced that 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 could help uh, maybe new moms or new dads out there who are listening? Yeah, that's a that's a great question. So so one of the things for me is just, you know I'm I'm sort of by nature a fast moving person. I keep myself busy with projects and work and all that kind of stuff. Um, and so the biggest adjustment, honestly, for me was sort of the realization that it, like accomplishing nothing, doing nothing, but being with her mm. was like the most valuable time I could spend. Mm. Um, and so even in the last three and a half months since she's been here, you know, even like, it's amazing how fast it's going and how big she's gotten and all that kind of stuff. It's just going by so fast. And, uh, and just this realization um, that, man, the best time I can spend right now, you know, appropriately, the best time I can spend right now um, is with her and, and undistracted, undivided time. And it's, it's really easy to sort of on a daily basis to forget that. But when, you know, when you look at the how fast time is going by, um, it really is, um, you know, it's obvious that this is the most valuable use of time. So that, that's the one thing I would say is just, you know, really uh, – take advantage of the opportunity to and, and enter into that experience of doing nothing but being with, uh, with your baby, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So time's not wasted when you're spending time with your kids. You know, I, I think kids are sort of like piggy banks, you know, you, you get that piggy bank mm -hmm. and you put money into it. That money, us as parents is time. And, 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 and we fill that piggy bank up uh, knowing that, that one day they're going to take that, they're going to grow up, they're going to break it, take all the change out and use it. 
for life. And uh, that time is not wasted. It, it's certainly important. I find it because that's great advice you're giving. I find a lot of parents are maybe in the presence of their kids, but they're not present to their kids. And, mm-hmm. and yeah. uh, you know, no matter what age they, they become, whether teenager, college, or, or their infants, uh, being present um, is a huge part of that. All right, so shifting gears here, man. Um, you've been doing music for years. You guys launched this thing called The Vigil Project, which is this amazing project of music around the liturgical seasons of the church, and I want to dive into that. But I want to kind of back up a little bit. At what point did you, as, as a musician, uh, get involved in music, leading worship, and, and you kind of thought, man, um, God's moving me on a path I never thought I would be on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, um, so it was back in college, actually. So Lizzie and I, we both went to Auburn, which I know doesn't make us any friends in Louisiana, but, uh, but anyway, we both went to Auburn, and it was there that we kind of got involved with our Catholic student group you know, on campus. And um, we both had kind of deeper conversion experiences there. We were raised Catholic, raised in the faith, great, uh, great gift that our parents gave us. Um, but it was really in college when we kind of came into that relationship with God, and that was where sort of the desire, um, the desire to to do something for Him, kind of came from. You know, we we began this relationship, this journey with Him, and then like sort of the, one of the one of the things that really quickly sort of arose in my heart was desire to take all of my, my passion, all of my uh, gifts musically, and and make a gift of those back to the Lord. Um, and so we started there, and we started doing stuff. Um, on campus, we started doing stuff with the Catholic students, and uh, and then sort of gradually, you know, started doing more around the area and around Atlanta, and with uh, some organizations like Life Teen and some others. Um, and it kind of just went from there. And it's it's never been like, um, you know, with each season of life, it's always been sort of different. We're working on something different, or it's happening in a different way, that kind of thing. Um, but it seems like. A consistent theme of uh, of our of our life and the way that we kind of make a gift of ourselves uh, over the last twelve years or so. Wow, that's crazy! I remember living in Atlanta, Georgia, working with a priest who you know, Father Tim Hepburn. Yeah, and I remember him coming to me and saying, "You've got to meet this young worship leader. He's a college student at Auburn, uh, which he went to Auburn." Uh, and so I guess you could shout out to the war Eagles out there. Um, and he, he said, you got to hear this guy. Like, I really think that, that God's going to use him in the church. And, you know, I didn't know you and, and you just happened. We both were from Louisiana and living in other places in the country. And then later on, you know, guy kind of crossed our paths and, uh, the work that, that you and Lizzie have done and, and the music is amazing. So I'm talking to Greg Boudreaux at Twitter at, at Greg and Lizzie. Uh, and website thevigilproject.com. Um, so, so you guys launched out, um, you know, got married, you've been leading worship uh, in all different circles in the church uh, and music. So recently, I, I guess you can maybe give me a timeline here, in the last year or a couple of years, you guys launched this thing called The Vigil Project. Um, what, what is The Vigil Project? And as we're approaching Lent, how is this project even relevant to our lives? Yeah, so um, 
So we launched the Vigil Project uh, in January of 2016. So it's just over a year old now. Okay. Um, and we've we've covered a lot of ground in one year. It's actually kind of looking back. We're, we're kind of just slowing down enough to actually look back and kind of be like, wow, what, is, what, what have we done? You know. Um, and so we launched it in January of last year. And we uh, basically it was it was myself and uh, and Lizzie and then uh, some other good friends Andrea Thomas and John Finch and then um, some friends who were in production 4 p.m. Media and uh, and Paper Castle Records Sean Williams and and uh, me and Andrea and Lizzie we just had a conversation where we had this idea of like man like it's amazing to see how many views a video on YouTube gets you know. Um, people watching music videos or, or this or that, like it would just be really neat if we could really powerful, if we could harness sort of the power of visual media um, for the sake of the gospel. Um, and maybe in a way that hasn't been done so much yet in the Catholic church too. Mm-hmm. Um, what we've kind of seen is that there's, there's a lot of um, man, just awesome content out there in terms of catechesis and teaching uh, series that walk you through, you know, in the seasons of Lent, Easter, and and all the other ones, you know. Um, but what we were seeing a gap in is that there wasn't much content when it comes to sort of experiencing, um, yeah, experiencing the faith, experiencing art and beauty, experiencing um, prayer, those kinds of things, at least in the Catholic sort of realm of, of media. And so, um, so we kind of pulled this idea together. We pulled some friends together and said, "Hey, let's let's uh, let's create a series of songs and videos for the seasons of uh, of Lent and Easter, um, and just yeah, to see what happens, kind of thing." And so we got together. It was a very short time frame. Put all this, put the series together. Wrote a bunch. Wrote, wrote some songs for the seasons. Prayed together. Sort of shared life together for a few weeks and. And uh, and we we released that series last year, and it was seven songs um, that were sort of spread out across the seasons, <clears throat> excuse me, of, of Lent and of Easter, and really just with one goal, just to just to give people a way to pray, either you know, no matter where you are, sort of on the spectrum of faith, just give you a way to pray, um, you know, more deeply, have a, have a deeper experience of of the faith, um, and through that to come to know. Um, who got it, you know, um, yeah, I mean, be led to the catechesis. Absolutely. You know, maybe explain to our listeners, give them a visual. The website is the Vigil Project, and if you clicked on series, there's Lent and Easter, and there's these beautiful music videos, and they're, they're real simple, but the, the music and the art is really well done. It's really beautiful. You close your eyes and pray with the music, you're like having this really prayerful experience because – uh, I, I guess you could say the the instrumentation, um, you know, the, the voices, everything is just blending in, in sort of this, I don't know, this cathedral-esque beauty of music and art. And, you know, as people are approaching the season of Lent where, where the church is funneling us in into a direction of really uh, prayer, you know, fasting, uh, penance, almsgiving, uh, to experience Christ in a new way, um, the music that you guys are doing is certainly helping people to experience the season of Lent and experience Christ even more so in a way that's really powerful. So when we come back, Greg, I want to talk more about the Vigil Project. This is Paul George. Paul George. 
Welcome back to the show. Great to be with you today. Got Greg Boudreaux on uh, on the phone lines. He's all rested. He got That's sleep fun. last night, man. How you... <laughs> it's like it's like so if a... I make mistakes, it's on me. Yeah, it's like a treasure <laughs> chest of gold, man. You know, seven hours of sleep, even six. Um, it's it's like golden, you know. Absolutely. So anyway, thanks years, for, thank, years yeah, of my life down the road. Totally, totally. Uh, <laughs> look, it gets it gets a little bit better, you know, and then it gets worse again. So there you go. Um, okay, you well, know, I'm you, ready. Your kids Bring sleep, it. and the, and then they become teenagers, and the, and then you don't sleep, you know, worrying about them. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah. So anyway, I'm looking at uh, this beautiful site, thevigilproject.com, and you know we're we're vastly leaning into Lent. I mean, we we're there. Um, and you listen to this music and it's absolutely beautiful, you know, so people are, you know, listening to the show, certainly encourage you guys to go. And I want to play a clip, uh, from the Lenten season called Lord have mercy. Make us holy in your name, in your blood, oh So, Greg, this song that you and Lizzie did, what what, what led you to this specific song? Mm-hmm. Yeah, good question. We, we um, you know, obviously the season of Lent, it's a season of penitence, the season where we recognize that, you know, from dust we have come, dust we shall return. And, uh, and that as men and women uh, living after the fall, we live in need of redemption, we live in need of a Savior. Um, and so we, especially in, in 2016, when we were in the year of mercy from the Pope Francis proclaimed, uh, this theme for Lizzie and I was just one that was really, just really there, really visceral, really real to us. And, um, and so, you know, as we kind of examined our own lives, as we examined our marriage, we examined the ways that we succeed and the ways that we fail and the ways that we strive and everything, we just... I don't know. We just recognized like deeply a need in our own lives for, uh, for the mercy of the Lord, for, for him to save us. And so, uh, you know, it's kind of, you, you listen to the verses, it's sort of this litany of, you know, asking the Lord to deliver us from, from those things from which we need deliverance that we need his mercy in. And then, um, sort of just this cry of the heart, um, and the cry of the good thief on the cross, like, Lord have mercy. Remember me when you come into your kingdom. Gosh, I love this song, and uh, it's like the perfect Lenten song. And there's some there's some other Lenten songs there; they're all good. This one just, you know, Lent calls us to this time of repentance, right? To to rend our hearts back to God, and we've all sinned, we all fail, we're we're all imperfect. And I love the beauty and the majesty and the thought of the church that Lent isn't just this one time thing in history. But it loops around every year because God knows that we 
we fall away. We, we, we get comfortable, complacent, and Lent really moves mm-hmm. us and calls us back uh, to what our real identity is in Christ, doesn't it? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I think one of those, maybe the, maybe the other sort of great gift of that is that I think oftentimes, like, it's me who forgets to cry out for mercy. Mm-hmm. You know, like, the, the Lord continues to extend His mercy, on, you know, continuously, without, without end, and it's me. It's, I'm the one who tires of asking for it, you know. Um, and Lent really gives us an opportunity to come back to say, you know, to like you said, to, to have penitence, to have repentance, and to say, Lord, I need you. Lord, you know, have mercy on me. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm talking to Greg Boudreaux, at Greg and Lizzie on Twitter, thevigilproject.com. Uh, so I know people are thinking, you know, how do I get this music, you know, to pay for it, do I download it? Well, here's the great news is that you guys are providing all this content for free. Absolutely. We um, we really were inspired, um, you know, kind of when we got to the, the end of filming last year, uh, you know, we were like, okay, so, you know, how do we put this out? What do we do with it? How do we, you know, how do we get it, get it for, for people to hear it kind of thing? And we just all concluded, I think, individually and then together, kind of a group. Um, man, we just feel like this is supposed to be a free gift to the church. You know, um, we we came together and we kind of all freely gave our gifts together to, to create it. And we we you know we just kind of felt like the Lord was asking us just to to make a complete gift of this. And so online, obviously, you can you can hear the songs and see the videos on YouTube. Um, and that's free. And then on the website, even we, we wanted it to be available for downloads that people could put it on like their music players and, and pray with it and that kind of thing. So if you go to the website, you can also just spots to, um, to download for free. Um, so yeah, yeah it's all there, it's all free. And we'd love, we love just to give it to as many people as want to receive it. Yeah. That's like, you just flipped everything on its head by, you know, you're just saying like, God gave us this, we're going to give it for free. And that's sort of a revolutionary thing in a sense. Now, I know there's a lot of free music out there, but what I'm saying is what you guys invested in this and how good it is, it's certainly uh, to have it for free is a real, real gift. Um, That's amazing. So people can go to the Vigil Project. You know, you can watch the videos. You can listen online. You can also download. Um, But you guys also travel and do the Vigil Project uh, at churches, parishes, around the country. So is there a way that people can somehow see you guys or, or get you guys to their church parish? Yeah. So we, we are doing live events and that's been one of the, it's been such a life giving medium, like to take the, to sort of take the experience that we, we sort of captured via video and then to actually go and pray with people because I mean, honestly, all of us, like that's what we, (laughs) that's what we love to do. We just love to go and pray with people, you know, more than we love to sit in front of a camera and pray. We want to go to people's communities and, and pray with them. And so, um, so yeah, we did a tour for, for Advent, for Christmas, and then we're doing another one for, for Lent and Easter. And, uh, and I do believe we have some events um, in in the southeast region. I think Morden City is probably the closest to Lafayette right now. Um, and, yeah, we do actually still have a few dates available um, that uh, if anyone wanted to contact us to, to have us come and do a night, we kind of, we kind of, approach it almost like a, a one night uh, a parish mission slash music kind of prayer night for a parish um, where there's music there's speaking there's some video incorporated um, and it's really kind of just this you know hopefully just a powerful experience of pr- 
prayer of, of Lent in this case. Um, and to, to get in touch with us, um, I'm trying to think of the best way to be honest with you. Um, you could probably just email me directly, uh, which is just gregbband at gmail. Um, and uh, if you can't remember that, if you go to the website, there's definitely a page for booking, um, and you can submit a request for, for a concert. Yeah, it, it's awesome. And if, if you guys are in the area and, and you could check where you guys are traveling in there. So if you're near, you're listening and, and you're near uh, any part of the country, uh, it's just a great night of prayer and worship. Uh, and I've been with you guys before. And, and the way that you guys pray with people and lead worship uh, is just so beautiful and amazing. Like you said, it's sort of like this mission uh, type night. What would you say, like when you travel around uh, the country to different communities and places, um, and streams of the church out there. Uh, what, what kind of hope do you see in the church today? Um, really good question. It's, it's, it's a complex one for sure. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but I think one of the things that I see is, um, especially in the events that we've been doing, it's been a really neat thing. Historically, Lizzie and I um, have been involved in a lot of youth ministry and young adult ministry. And one of the kind of great gifts that the Vigil Project has given us an opportunity for is to see almost like the wider demographic of the church, you know, and to see sort of younger generations and older generations all coming together. Um, And to be honest with you, that's something that I, you know, I personally haven't experienced much of. And so to to be part of a, a sort of an event or a program that does bring that together there's certainly like just a, you know, just a really uh, tangible kind of hope present, you know, especially for, uh, for, for the, the, the older generations to see that, you know, there's, there's a younger generation coming up behind them in the faith. And then even for the younger generation to see that there's been a tradition that's been, you know, existed longer than, than me, you know, uh, especially in sort of today's, you know, 30 second soundbite or shorter culture. Uh, for the younger generation, sometimes it's it's easy to forget that we have a legacy, you know. And so to see sort of this dynamic between the the younger and the older generations of the church that you know sort of brings hope to both, um, and brings hope for the future. Um, it's a great gift, and it's it's important. It's definitely important for for us as we continue to to sort of carry on the uh, carry on the faith and live in the faith. Yeah, I love that. I'm glad you brought that up because the multi generational. Uh, union in the church is beautiful and you guys music is multi-generational so it's not like this is youth music when you listen to it it's beautiful and it it spans across you know age gaps and and different you know genres it's it's it really draws all people together it's truly sacred beautiful music and and that's what music does in the church is it brings all people together to pray and worship god Greg, I can't thank you enough for coming on. Uh, I just got one piece of advice, man. Keep sleeping. <laughs> All right, I'll head back to bed right now. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, the more rest you get, the, the better you're at. But uh, spend time uh, with your wife and, and baby, and it's the best thing that you can do in the world, man. Absolutely. And thanks so much for having me on. I appreciate it. And we're uh, looking forward to, to praying through Lent with, uh, with anyone who wants to join us. Have a great day, man. All right, thank you all. You too. God bless.
Wow, what a great interview with Greg Boudreaux. I love I love stories like that where God just does his thing in somebody's life. Yeah, well, I didn't get to say my, my main line that I say every time. Which is? Adam, you've been quiet over there. <laughs> You're such a routine guy. <laughs> you just popped in, man. I like to burst through routines. <laughs> destroy that routine. And what would give it away that Greg Boudreaux is from Louisiana? Is he? Yeah, I don't know. This is the Boudreau thing. Yeah, it's a thing. I mean, you wouldn't know because your last name is George. Yeah, King George. <laughs> so anyway, Adam, you have been quiet over there, but you you've obviously want to pipe in. So <laughs> <laughs> what did you learn from the show today? I learned that cathedral-esque is a word. You like that? That's a good word, huh? We should look that up. Is it, is it really? Can you just ask anything? Like Paul-esque? <laughs> yes. Yes, it's like etc. Is it? Yeah, I don't know. I'll look it up. But I like that. Thank you. What did you learn? That's all you learned? I mean, not all I learned, but... I actually learned a few things. One, uh, I would make a good president when it comes to food. I wouldn't vote for you. And <laughs> that I'm still not a pineapple fan. I learned that sleep is one of the most important things. Okay, and here's what else I learned that I didn't get to share on the show. So... Norma McCarvey with Roe v. Wade, uh, you know, Jane Roe, she was actually born right down the road from where I was born in Simsport, Louisiana. Right down the road, huh? Yeah, this little bitty town on the Atchafalaya River. She was born there, uh, wow. spent a few years there, and then and then moved to Texas. Wow. There you that's go. That's very cool. I learned it, and now I'm sharing it. Because <laughs> that's what you do. You're a sharer. I'm a sharer of, of the knowledge. Anyway... <laughs> How about those six-pack of questions? Question. All right. So you and Greg began the conversation with a little dad talk about babies that don't sleep. Mm -hmm. So you have four children. Which was your worst sleeper? Oh, number one. Oh, yeah? Yeah. In part, I think it's maybe a personality thing, number one. But two, probably 90% of what Gretchen and I did with our first child was wrong. Like we just did everything wrong because we didn't know what we were doing. Nice. So we couldn't get her to sleep. And of course we didn't listen to anyone's advice because we were like, it's our baby, not yours, <laughs> you know? And you know, as first time parents, one of my advice is like, take advice from other people and don't be so prideful uh, because we didn't sleep for like a year. And wow. went to like at, at the maybe nine, 10th, 11th, 12th month that she actually started sleeping and I literally, I felt like Greg, like I just, I didn't know what to do. Like I was just going to collapse. Awesome. So it got better. It got much better. All right. Yeah. Good job. Number two. Now we can't wake him up in the morning. <laughs> Please yeah. wake up. Number two, you also had dad talk about, um, his advice was to quote, waste time with your kids. Like where you're not doing anything, but you're just with your kids. Yeah. Can you give me a great memory of you wasting your time with your kids? Uh, yeah, I used to love to come home and just wrestle with the kids, just do like sort of just play. And, uh, that's really hard for us as adults. You know, we want to be fun, but we want to be fun on our own terms instead of being fun and playful on their terms. Mm -hmm. And our minds are constantly rolling with our to-do lists and work and, um, responsibilities, which is certainly important, but we have to be able to shelf that. We have to be able to just put it away and engage in, you know, playing Play-Doh or Monopoly or wrestling or, 
you know, having tea with our daughters or, you know, anything and just put that on the shelf for a while and just engage and play with our kids. Very cool. Was there a specific moment that you remember? Uh, I remember getting in this little playhouse and I couldn't get out because <laughs> I'm, I'm a little big. So I got in and I remember how in the world am I going to get out of this thing? Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's, that's nice. Yep. <laughs> All right. Number three. Um, so you kind of, this vigil project is very cool. It's very, very cool. And you mentioned how you personally just love the music. Yeah. So what would be kind of looking over, not just this year, but maybe the past 10, 20 years of your life, what would be your like top three songs that just get you a praying? Like there, you know, like people have their workout music. Mm -hmm. Do you have your worship music? What gets you going? Wow. Gosh, that, you know, you're asking a non-musician really a question about music. I don't remember, you know, much. Um, I'm enjoying right now the Vigil Project music. Yeah. Particularly in Lent. I, I think it, it it's moving me into prayer. Uh, a few years ago, a guy named Matt Moore played a song for the Pope at World Youth Day called Lord, I Need You. Mm -hmm. I think that's a really, really good song. But there's some ancient hymns that that I'll always engage in. Get you fired up on eagle's wings. That's an ancient one, like 1960. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> he will raise us up yeah. on eagle's wings. So, so you like rock out to on eagle's wings? <laughs> uh, glory and praise to our God, Adam. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. For me, it's all about mood, maybe. Mm -hmm. um, but I love strings. Oh yeah. Yeah, I love. You know, bring in some cello and some violin and right on. You know, yeah, cello. I like the cello. But I have found it as I get older, I get a little bit more quiet. So you know, if it's if it's music, I want it to kind of lead me into deep contemplation. Quiet music. Quiet music. <laughs> All right, number four. Um, you also talked a good bit about Lent, which makes sense because you know it's Lent time. Yeah. Now I will jam out to '80s music all day, but not in my prayer time. <laughs> okay. Does White Snake get you a praying? No. Okay. I mean, it could be like here I go again on my own, right? Right. But are you really alone? Right. On G eagles' wings, Jesus. you're never alone. <laughs> okay. Number four. Um, so I talked a good bit about Lent, which makes sense. <clears throat> Can you tell us your best and worst Lent? Best and worst Lent. Let's start with the worst. Okay. There was a there was a season of Lents, mm -hmm. Lent esque, that. Uh, I guess maybe it was daddy brain just had a lot of small kids. It's it was every Friday I forgot that it was Friday. Every Friday? It was I think I made every Friday I got it wrong. And I was traveling every weekend, uh, giving talks and stuff, and I would end up in an airport and I'm eating a hamburger <laughs> and it's like in the middle of the hamburger. I'm like, oh crap. <laughs> it's Friday and Lent. And it happened Every week in Lent, I forgot. I felt horrible. That was the worst Lent. I don't well, remember the year, sharing. but I remember it happened. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah, I'm just being Very honest. Very vulnerable. And what was your best Lent? Best Lent ever? Yeah. Is that a thing? I don't know. Best Lent ever? Um, Could be hashtag BLE. I'm saying this Lent's going to be my best Lent ever. I got the Vigil Project. Uh, I got a nice... Now, is know, that really how you feel? Is that really how you're I'm going this? at Lent. I'm going hard to the paint in Lent. <laughs> the purple paint? Yeah. Awesome. All right. Numero five-o. Mm -hmm. um, 
Have you ever tried to play a musical instrument? Yeah. So, okay, which one? Guitar. How did it go? Horrible. Like like how bad? <laughs> how long did you stick with it? A day. No, I tried a few times and I'm I don't know, like I could I can physically do a lot of things, but this is out of my I'm sure if I try it hard enough, I could probably play a few songs which I can play like G, C and D and mm-hmm. get away with like like a song. Like 120 worship songs are G, C, and D, so you could do it. Yeah, but I, I'm horrible at it. Like, it doesn't even... Really? It just doesn't come natural at all. Any instrument? No. Are you like a pencil drummer when you have two I pens? will drum all day long. Okay. So I have rhythm, but I don't have time. You have rhythm, but you don't have time. Wow. Does that make sense? That's profound. I mean, because rhythm Not, is time, and time is rhythm, so I don't... It's... But you have to... You, you have to have time. <laughs> Nice. All right. Number six. Um, so one thing we have in common is that music has kind of followed our own faith journeys mm-hmm. and in particular with communities that we've been involved in. Right. Right. So you you have been involved with a lot of people praying with music. Right. What is it that you've noticed about music that gives it this quality like for example, a coliseum of thousands of people mm-hmm. are able to actually pray. They're all on their own journey. They're all on their own, you know, relationship with God, but come together in song at that exact moment. What is it about music that makes that possible? Well, I think worship in its, in its essence, uh, worship music or, you know, should lead us into this surrender and acknowledgement of something greater than us. So, so music is a, is a tool that leads us into worshiping who God is. You know, and and so I think that all good good music, good worship music, leaves us in awe of God, and leads leads us into this moment of contemplation of who God is. And so, you know, people can debate all over the style of music. Um, I've experienced different styles or whatever because you, I travel around to different places and countries, and so I'm not. But but the whole point is that if that music is done well and good. It should lead us into experiencing the Father, God the Father, yeah, and contemplating. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up the debate on types of music because it seems that that experience of prayer, we can try to define it and categorize it and say this is this is how prayer happens, right? And then this stuff is not actually prayer, right? But it seems to kind of disrespect the mystery of of God's relationship with everyone. Yeah, absolutely. So speaking of that, as as we're moving into Lent. On my podcast, I'm going to launch a five-minute Lenten uh, talk each day, conversation with you, with the music from the Vigil Project it's sort be of awesome. coming in. So it'll be like a 40-minute uh, retreat experience through Where Lent, do we find it? And it'll come on the radio. So paulgeorge.la or on iTunes or SoundCloud, Paul George. Uh, the podcast will be up next week. And you could play a little bit each day or you can do it all week. So the show you can always find on podcasts. Uh, if you don't catch it on air. So, Adam, thanks for today, man. It was great. And thanks to Greg Boudreaux. Wonderful show. So, Paul George, we'll be back next week. God bless.